Tonight we are starting a new series, okay? It's called Reflections. Hit the thing. I've got a, I've got a baller-looking thing. I think it's cool-looking. So we're starting a series called Reflections. It's based on this verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. says, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes him more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So we're talking about the ways that we should reflect the image of God, that we should, people should see us or see God in us. Okay, so for the next several weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. Tonight, you know, I like to open up with a question a lot of times. How many of you guys have ever had a job? I know Tommy's had a job. I know Harley's had a job. Wes, obviously, Garen, Tyler, if you guys have had, do what? Ref, okay, yeah, you guys ref soccer semi-regularly. So, yeah, those are all, you know, viable jobs, whatever. My first job was at a place called Ace Range. It was a... Uh, uh, like a drive-in range slash putt-putt slash batting cage type place. It was right next to our church. And uh, so our pastor knew the manager, and we had a pretty good relationship with him. The, the balls would always go over the fence into our yard, into the churchyard. So we'd always take them back over there and stuff. So my first job was there, and I got to drive the little ball picker up in the, you know, in the driving range. How many of you guys ever gone to the driving range tried to hit the dude in the thing? Right? Yeah, I was that dude driving there laughing at people because nobody ever hit me in a year working there. I don't think I ever got hit. Uh, and so I did that, and I would do things like uh, – I get the, whenever you go to the batting cage, you know how they all get stuck, like the things get stuck. I had to un- get those unstuck and trim palm trees and stuff. I actually still have a scar from, I uh, was trimming a palm tree and I only had like one branch. And so I was driving a little golf cart out to where we took all the trash and stuff. And I was just st- stupid. So instead of throwing the branch in the, uh, in the back of the golf cart, we had a little, you know, heavy duty golf cart with the, with the bed. Instead of doing that, I was just holding on to the branch, the palm branch. You know, palm branch got those little sharp edges. And uh, the palm branch caught the back wheel of the thing, and it yanked it out of my hand, and it scraped my hand up pretty, pretty good. And so even now, 10 years later, there's still a scar there. Um, it's also the only time in my life I've been electrocuted was working there. Found out that uh, just because the electrical cord looks like it's all good to go doesn't mean there can't be little nicks in it, and you still should not lay it, like, through the water. I was like, well, the end's not in the water. I'm fine. And I electrocuted myself. Pretty good cutting down palm trees. I was an idiot 16-year-old. So, uh, so that was fun. But that was my first, that was my first job. And, and even then, I kind of knew what I wanted to do with my life. And so tonight, that's kind of what we're going to talk about. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you want to turn there, I'm going to have the, the relevant scriptures up on the screen as usual. Now, Luke chapter 2. Anybody know what is like the big thing that's in Luke chapter 2? What's the most famous part of Luke Right, the birth of Jesus, if you've ever seen a Charlie Brown Christmas, when Linus reads the Christmas story, he's reading Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is the most detailed version of the Christmas story, and so that is the most well-known. It talks about, you know, Jesus and and the shepherds and the angels, and lo, an angel of the Lord set upon them, and all that kind of stuff. He's presented at the temple. They return to Nazareth after the... uh, after they're hunting down all the babies. And so Jesus and his family are living in, in Nazareth. And then what happens when he's 12? This is also in Luke chapter 2. Anybody know what happens when what, the only thing we know about Jesus' childhood when he was 12? Bread. Uh, he didn't really run away. What happened? What's the, he got lost at the temple, right? So they would go to the temple every year to sacrifice because that was the Old Testament tradition. They didn't know Jesus was the Messiah yet that they were looking for. So they went to his, him and his family went to the temple. They did the sacrifice. Mary and Joseph start going back to Nazareth, and they realize that Jesus is not with them. Okay, now I want you to imagine this. 
you've been given the Son of God to watch over, and you lost him. Like, that's a scary moment. I don't want to be Mary and Joseph at that moment. But they went back to the temple. They found him. What was he doing? He was talking to the leaders and elders. And, and what did he say? He said, why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? That's Luke 2.49. He said, I'm where I'm supposed to be. See, even at the age of 12, he knew what he was supposed to do with his life. Like, he knew this is my purpose. I'm the son of God, yada, yada, yada. How many of you guys right now know what you want to do with your life? Like, you already know what your job was going to be on. Okay, a few of you, but not many of you. That's cool. Okay? Even, you know, when I was here, when I, there, there's nothing wrong with not knowing, y'all. I'm telling you, you know, when I was y'all's age, I got called into the ministry at 15 or 16, but I rebelled against that for a while. Thought I wanted to be a band teacher. Turned out I didn't like that as much as I thought I did full time, so that's why I don't do it anymore. But uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about how to figure out what to do with your life, okay? That's going to be the first part of tonight's message here is, is how to figure it out. And a few weeks ago I talked about this a little bit. But I'm going to get into this uh, a little more. We've got three questions we're going to ask to figure out what you, should, what, what you might do with your life. And, and I heard Perry Noble give these three questions, and they make a lot of sense, so I'm going to give them to you guys. First off is, what do I enjoy? Okay, what do I like to do? For me, if you spend any time around me, you know that I'm a total music nerd, okay? Some of you guys have heard a little more than others. I'm a music nerd. I love music, which is part of the reason I love being a worship leader because I just get to be a music nerd. It's my job to be a music nerd. I used to tell my kids when I was a band director, they'd be like, you're such a band nerd. And I'm like, yeah, but they pay me for it. How awesome is that? Like, it's a good deal. You know, get paid to do what I like. And the scripture says in John 10.10, 10, this is the New Living Translation, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, Jesus wants you to be satisfied with what you do. He wants you to enjoy your job. Okay, I fully believe that. Pastor, just this past Sunday, Pastor Dalton gave this quote, and I, and I had never heard it before, but I heard it, and so I'm going to give it to you guys tonight in case you missed it. Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Okay? Now, whatever you do with your life, I, I tell people all the time, you guys know there's this show called The Moment. Have you guys heard this show? It's on TNT, I think. Um, USA, maybe. Okay, it's on USA. Kurt Warner has this show where he gives people a second chance to do their dream job, right? And the guy's like, I want to be a race car driver. And so they train him how to race and you know, put him in a race. Or a lady wants to be an artist or a photographer, whatever it may be. I don't have to go on that show because I love my job. I don't know if y'all know. I really do like doing this. Like, this is my favorite job that I could think of. Like, I get to play music. I get to hang out with you guys, and I really do enjoy that. I get to go to sports events as part of my job. That's a good gig. So I really like my job. I'm glad that I don't have to go on that show. So that's the first thing is, what do I enjoy doing? Now, the second thing is, what do I do well? Okay, 1 Peter 4.10 each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Okay, so what are you good at, and, or what do you enjoy, and what are you good at? See, you guys know that I like sports. I love to come to y'all's games and, you know, cheer like a moron and, and make a fool of myself, and that's fine. But if you also know me, you know I'm not particularly good at sports. I, I enjoy them, but they're not my strong suit. I'm okay at, like, softball, baseball, because there's a lot of standing and not as much moving in it. So I'm pretty good at that. But I'm not a super athlete. If you've ever played basketball with me, you know that. I'm not like a wonderful basketball player, and I can freely admit it. I have no shame. I'm a five foot nine white dude with no range. Like, not a lot of call for basketball players with that particular size and skill set, and that's okay. 
So the first thing is, what do you enjoy doing? Secondly, what do you do well? God gave us all different abilities and skills. We should use those to glorify God. And the third question is, what bothers me? And I know you're all like my sister or my brother. That's your first thought is, I know, my siblings bother me. I don't want them around. But that's not what I'm talking about here. God has given each of us a passion. Okay, God, give, give, all of us have something that, that just kind of bugs us, that like, man, that's wrong, I should fix that. And if you have the ability to fix that, then you should, okay? What bothers me? If there's, a, if there's a wrong in your life or a wrong in the world around you, you have the opportunity to fix it, then fix it. That's, a, that's the third question. So what do I enjoy? What am I good at? And what bothers me? What passion has God put in my life? Now the big question is, you're like, okay, so even once I figured that out, I'm between the ages of 12 and 18. All of you are still in high school. And so you're like, so what, what do I do till then? Right? You're like, okay, so that's great. But, uh, you know, like I know Taylor has talked about wanting to be a lawyer, but Taylor's seven, 16, 17, 17, huh? About to be 17. Okay. Okay. So Taylor's almost 17. He's got four years of undergrad, plus law school, plus the bar. He's got a few years before he can do what he believes, what he's called to do. And so what do we do until then? Well, this is where we get to be like Jesus. The last verse in Luke 2, okay, and, and it's kind of a throwaway verse if you're not paying attention for it. It says this, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, which means he grew smarter, he grew wise, and he grew bigger, stature, and he grew in favor with God and man. You see, Jesus knew the opportunities that were in front of him. He said, you know what? I'm called to be the son of God, but I can't yet. He's still a teenager, whatever. You know, it's not his time yet. So he looked for the opportunities that were in front of him right then. What was, what was uh, Joseph's job? His dad. What was Jesus' dad's job? He was a carpenter. And in that day, you did whatever the family business was. That was just the way it worked. If your dad was a carpenter, so were you. That's how that worked. So Jesus became a carpenter. Now, that wasn't his calling. He knew his calling was to be the Messiah, die for the sins of the world, love people, etc., etc. But he didn't have the opportunity to do that yet. He had to be a carpenter for a while. Mark 6, 3 tells us that specifically. The people said, this is after Jesus has started his ministry, and I don't have this up there. But Jesus has already started his ministry. And uh, the Pharisees said, isn't that the carpenter from Galilee? Like, that's just a carpenter guy. What's he doing miracles for? That's crazy. So we know that he was, he was a carpenter. But here's the thing. He was a good carpenter. He was a good carpenter. And I know that because it says he grew in favor with God and man. How many of you guys like to go to uh, any place and you like to deal with somebody who is not good at what they do? Or you can tell they don't like what they do. Like, you go to the drive through place and the dude mumbles, welcome to, and you can't understand him. And then you're like, okay, that's super, like Sonic does that. They talk too fast, and they cut the microphone off really quick, and it really bothers me. Um, you know, and then they get your order wrong. Like if you're like me, you don't like pickles and onions and lettuce on your burger. You just want some meat and some ketchup and some cheese. And so every once in a while, every once in a while, you know, I, I pick it up. I go to the thing. I get home, and I'm like, Dude, what the heck? And I, you can smell it. Like, I don't know about y'all. I can tell as soon as I pull out and I open the bag to get the fries because the fries are only good for the first, like, seven seconds you get them. And I open up that bag, and it's like, oh, man, they left the pickles on. Dadgummit. I can tell. I can always tell. And so they get your menu wrong or they get the order wrong or you pull up to the thing, and they're like, 458. And you can tell they're just mad about life. Like they, How many of you guys like to deal with those people? Right? Nobody. Nobody wants that guy. 
Yeah, and that, you're right, they're jerks about it. Like, like, the, like, you don't like that. Nobody wants to do that. Like, you want to go up to the guy who's like, like I, <laughs> the McDonald's on 8 that I go to between 5 and 7 mornings a week. Um, I go there all the time for breakfast. How many of you guys have a regular breakfast spot? Like, you hit it most of the time. Sonic, your house, Chick-fil-A. I know I've heard Taylor talk about Jumbarito for a while and stuff. Okay. So that's my, uh, the McDonald's on 8th is my breakfast spot. I go there most mornings on my way into the office. And, and, and they know me there, you know. Like, I've had them, you know, see my truck through the little camera. And they're like, you know, and they kind of, and, and there's this one girl. She's fairly new, but she's always like, good morning. You know, what can I get for you? And it's cool. I'm like, I'm glad you're happy because somebody ought to be. You know, and, and I appreciate it. She's trying hard to be good at her job. She's friendly. It's, she's a pleasure to deal with. What? <laughs> There's a, there was this other lady before her who, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have, like, my, my radio on her, and, and I'll be listening to sermons, and she, she would always say, oh, you listen to that church stuff again. Like, she was, she was this black lady, and she'd always like, oh, you listen to that Jesus stuff again. I'm like, yes, ma'am, have a good day, you know. But they were always super friendly, and she was funny because sometimes I'll get overcharged. I don't know how to ring the sandwich up. And so she'd be like, hold on, I'll go fix it. And she'd go, like, she was great, I, I, you know. And I got to kind of know these people, and they were good at their jobs, and they were friendly, and so they were nice to deal with. Okay, Wes works at a place called Wayne's Workwear. It's out on, the, it's out on business, uh, business 20 by the airport. And before he worked there, Casey worked there, pastor's daughter. Um, she's been working there for a few months longer than he has. Now, Wes probably doesn't get that job if Casey's not good at her job because they knew Casey knew Wes, Casey recommended Wes. But if Casey had been really bad at her job, Wes probably wouldn't have got hired, right? That, that makes sense that, that if you don't trust the person who's doing the recommending, you're probably not going to accept the recommendation. Wes had been there two or three weeks, and Casey came up on a Wednesday night, and she goes, man, my boss came up and was like, are there more people from your church who need jobs? Because you and Wes are both so good that we want more, like, we want to hire more people from your church. They did. They came up and asked, they, they told Casey that. And I was like, that's awesome that they know, hey, man, hire the people from First Assembly of, of Odessa because those folks are friendly, they're faithful, they show up, and they work hard. Like, that's all you got to do is, is work, show up, work hard, and be nice to people, and, and your boss will love you. I promise it's, it's the fact. So that is what we should be like. Jesus grew in wisdom and favor with God and man. If Jesus had been a terrible carpenter or hadn't been nice to the people he was dealing with, he would not have grown in favor with man. It would have said... People didn't like Jesus, you know, which later they didn't like him, but that's a whole different thing. So Jesus grew in favor with man. That means he was good at his job. And so no matter what the job is, you know, most people as they grow up and they go through high school and college, they work food service. Okay, some of you guys have done that. Uh, they work retail. I know I spent a lot of time at a grocery store, uh, worked a lot of grocery store hours. Wes worked at a bowling alley around that time. Uh, you know, there's all these kind of jobs that maybe are not like your dream job. Like I never dreamed of working at the grocery store and pushing carts. That was not my dream job by any stretch. I kind of enjoyed it. I liked working at the grocery store, especially as a bagger, because we got really slow. I would take what I call victory laps, which is where I just walk to one end of the store, grab a product, and do a lap. Because I found out if you walk like you're going somewhere, people will assume you are. You just kind of you know, carrying this piece of bread or whatever, you know, carrying this loaf of bread like I'm going somewhere with them. People just assume you're busy, even if you're not. So that's a little, little trick. Uh, if you ever get bored at work, you can do that. But I, don't, you know, but I only did that when there was nothing to do. My, my boss is new. If it's slow, but there's carts in the, in the, in the lot, Tony's gonna, probably going to go get them. 
or uh, at the end of the night at Publix, our baggers, we had to do all the cleanup stuff. You had to get all the trash and clean the bathrooms and all those kind of things. And they weren't particularly fun jobs, but I liked to do them because I was accomplishing things. You know, I'm a to-do list guy. So, okay, there's the to-do list. I'm going to check things off of it. So, and my bosses knew that they could count on me for that. You know, and so some of you are good at all, some of you are good, like, with your hands, you're good, like, mechanics, you like to build things and take them apart and see how they work and put it back together. I'm glad for you guys, because if you know me, I am what I call a retarded, which means I don't know jack about your car or my car. Like, I'm terrible with cars, so I'm glad there's people that are good at that, even if it's not their favorite thing. The world needs people who are good at that kind of stuff, okay? If you're good at you know, at accounting, which to me sounds miserable. Oh my gosh, math makes me want to hurt myself. But you know what? I'm glad there are good accountants because I'm going to need one, you know? I'm, you know what I mean? At some point, I'm going to need a good accountant. So whatever you're doing, whether you're working retail, you're working in grocery, you're working at the food service, you're a mechanic, you're, you're a repairman, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, you're a gas station worker, whatever the job is, if you do it well, you're being like Jesus. You probably never thought of it that way. You thought, okay, you know, I'm mowing this lawn. You just, whatever, I'm just mowing this lawn, right? No, you're mowing that lawn to be like Jesus. And it's not about sucking up to people, but it's about doing a good job and being a good employee because that's how Jesus was. And, that, and Paul tells us to, to honor those in authority. So honor your boss. Don't argue with your boss, okay? You, you know, there are certainly certain ways that you can ask for things from your boss and all that kind of stuff, but... But I hear, you know, some of you guys come up and you're like, or I've heard some people, you know, come, oh, man, my boss is such a jerk. And I'm like, well, what would you do? Like, well, I walked out. And I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder your boss is a jerk to you, bro. You walked out on him. Like, or, you know, or even now as a student, like being a good student, that's your job right now. You should do it well to be like Jesus. Man, all my teachers hate me. Why? Well, because I call them all names and I never do my homework. Well, like, come on. I've told y'all guys this, every teacher has favorites, but the students get to pick the favorites. If you're polite, you do what they ask, and you turn your work in on time, you will be a favorite. Don't argue with me. I was a teacher, and I knew a bunch of them. I know, I know a bunch of them still. I'm telling you, if you're nice to the teacher, you do your work on time, you will be a favorite. Whatever you do, do it well. See, some people think that Christians are idiots who can... All they want to do is talk about Jesus. They don't, they're not concerned about being good at their jobs. You know, there are people who have that opinion of us, that Christians are all just fools that can barely put their shoes on in the morning, let alone be a good employee. But that's not how it should be at all. I want people to be surprised. I want people to be like, yeah, man, hire a kid from Odessa First Youth. Okay? He's going to be polite. She's going to work hard. She's going to show up when she says she's going to show up. Yeah, she might ask or he might ask for time off. But when they say they're going to be here, they're going to be here. And they're going to do a good dadgum job. And you can count on that. Because that's what growing in favor with God and man is about. So tonight, that's the challenge. Whatever, and for most of you, this is just about school. Okay? For most of you, this message pretty much just applies to school because you don't have a job yet. You don't have any other kind of part-time job or nothing like that. You can. That's fine. I encourage you guys to get part-time jobs, although. And I'll admit, there are bosses that expect too much of high schoolers. I get that. But most of them, if you're up front with them and tell them, Right from the beginning, here's the deal. Most of them are pretty cool in my experience. So especially out here where they're desperate for employees, if you can be faithful in the little things, you know, God will give you more. So uh, I certainly have nothing wrong with you having a job. I, I encourage you guys to. But right now, school is kind of the thing for most of you guys. And over this last, whatever, what do we got, five weeks left? 
Five, six weeks, something like that, five and a half weeks? How many days? 20 school days left, okay. 23 including finals, something like that, okay. So over the last 20 whatever school days, be good at school. Don't argue with your teachers. Show them that you know what? Man, I love those kids from that church because they're all super respectful. They're all great, you know? And yeah, they'll, they'll stand up for the, for, for inj- against injustice, but, but, they're, but they're polite and they're respectful. And I know most of you guys are, but I just want to encourage you to be good students, to be good workers in whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Paul writes that later. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. And so that includes going to school and having menial part-time jobs. You say, this isn't my dream job. I know. I, I spent my time there. I did not love working at Ace Range. I did not love uh, working at Publix particularly. I did not love delivering papers, which I did for a little while. But you know what? I was good at it. They knew I was going to show up, and even if it wasn't necessarily my forte, I was going to try real hard, and I was going to work. And it's not because I'm some amazing human being, because I'm not. I mean, I'm just a guy, but... But I, I worked hard, and I was faithful, and my bosses appreciated me for it. And they knew that, that if I said I was going to be there, I was going to be there. So I encourage you guys, whatever you do, be good at it. Work hard at it. Be polite to those in authority. Respect those in authority. And, uh, and, and you know, that's how you can be like Jesus. That's the simplest way in your current situation. You say, I don't know how to be like Jesus. Grow in wisdom. And in favor with man, with God and man. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight, God, just for each student here. God, I pray that whatever they go through, whatever they're doing, whatever job they're working, whatever test they're taking, whatever homework they're doing, whatever sport they're playing, whatever team they're on, Lord, they would be good at it. And they would put forth their best effort, not to make themselves look good, but to reflect well on you, to be a good reflection of you. Because if we claim to be Christians, but we're not respecting those in authority, and we're not doing a good job, and we're being lazy, that's a really terrible impression of you. That's a bad reflection of you. And so I pray, God, that we would be good reflections of you, that when we say we're going to do something, we would do it. When we say we're going to be somewhere, we would be there. When, When we're given a task to do, we would finish it with the best of our abilities. God, and that, that in everything we do, we would be a great reflection of you. I pray that you would give us courage to stand up when we need to stand up and wisdom to know uh, what to say in, in each situation, Lord. I pray again for each physical need, each emotional need, each spiritual need, each, each relational need, God, that's in this building. Lord, we know that you love us and you have good plans for us, and so tonight we claim that in your name. God, I just pray that you would be with us as we go, bless us as we go, and as we come back again next week. It's in your name we pray. Amen.